0: I'm a talkative person because I'm an SE Dom. It's like my only world is the physical. My words are the only means of me getting out my meaning and intention. We'll see if I eat those words. She'll be entertaining others all the time. This <laughs> is exactly where I wanted to go with it. <laughs> I will not date if this is on a <laughs> podcast where people can you hear me. You guys ready to go? Yeah, keep Hello everyone and welcome back to the Literally No Subtext podcast. I am Dear Kristen. I am here with a very special guest. Her name is Alison Ramsey. She is an ENTJ and she runs the Empire Life business and podcast in which she mentors female business founders in scaling their empires. Hello Alison. Thank you so much for being with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's an absolute pleasure. I love having guests. I love to just riff off people in conversations. It makes for much more interesting material. Yes, yeah, so, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, great. So could you just give us a little bit of an introduction into your occupation, your Myers-Briggs type, um, and what the Empire Life business aims to do?
1: Yeah, so I'm Allison Ramsey. I'm the founder of Empire Life and I mentor female-founded businesses and uh, their owners in scaling their empires. So that can look like all different ranges of real estate agents to business coaches to financial analysts in looking at all the areas of their business and where they can flow in a lot more money while still being emotionally, physically, and spiritually sound and in alignment and grounded. And I started the... I'm about to go into the next question. I'll pause there. (laughs) (laughs) I had a
0: question pop to mind as you were talking. I'm just wondering, do you... Because I know myself, I use the Myers-Briggs tool. That's like a constant tool running in the back of my mind in all my relationships. Given that you are mentoring women and a person... I imagine a personality element would come in there. Do you actively or sneakily use the Myers-Briggs tool in your mentorship of women?
1: I do, for sure. A lot of times I'll ask them if they've had experience with it, if they know what their type is, because I think it's a great tool to be able to communicate in a more effective way, understand, perhaps have more compassion and understanding about where they're coming from if we don't completely agree Mm -hmm. on a certain topic and I did forget to say Mm -hmm. that I'm an ENTJ you did say that introduction too (laughs) yeah I said it straight away
0: (laughs) I almost said fellow ENTJ I was happy that I (laughs) the amount of times I say things in this podcast that I'm like no fellow ENTJ it's because I I am marrying an ENTJ so I saw that I feel like I'm around yeah 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 so I'm I've I've recently, I recently feel like I've learned a lot about the ETJ uh, personality. Very I'm happy sure to you have, have. A, another. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I have my theories about how it would present differently in men and women. But I suppose that we a topic can definitely go into that. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, great topic. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely. Okay, so the Empire Life podcast—you've just given us a little bit of a blurb about it. What inspired you to begin um, the podcast slash your business in general?
1: Well, with the podcast. Uh, It came a year after starting my business, and I think it all started because my parents used to call me Barbara Wawa as a nickname, which is Barbara Walters' nickname, and she had the late night show where she will ask intriguing, sometimes uncomfortable questions to people, Mm -hmm. all different kinds of people, mostly really famous or influential people, and get them to open up vulnerably in a way that they hadn't done before or other people couldn't get them to do. And often, even from as long as I can remember, I would ask people thought-provoking or sometimes even risque questions that maybe other people wouldn't go there and talk to them about. And often they would answer openly. Even from a young age. And I would learn a lot of wisdom through that. I think that gave me more wisdom growing up. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm already interviewing people. I love learning about their struggles or challenges, how they got to where they are now. And especially about money and success. I love those topics. (laughs) Or or asking more questions about that. Shocking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. or power <laughs> how, the, how they done? controlling
0: power. people yeah.
1: I, <laughs> just kidding I'm just kidding then, we're not stereotyping <laughs> here the
0: podcast we bring nuance on the podcast yes
1: that's one of the questions about the stereotype definitely the controlling people I'll go yeah. into in a little bit yeah and I thought if I'm mm-hmm. already interviewing people I might as well have a show doing that because I end up doing it with most people that I meet and Especially in a business setting.
0: Nice. So, what can people expect if they go and listen to your podcast?
1: To learn a lot about success and power and money and how to get <laughs> how to get <laughs> and and still feel grounded. So, so, I think that's that's where I've matured in that way that I I want to have all those things. Yet, I still want to have time to walk my dog and spend a lot of quality time with my kid and husband Mm -hmm. and now and Mm -hmm. so I think I think from listening to the guest they can go from A to Z and everybody has their own journey and their own path of how they got to the success that they have Mm -hmm. and then taking those tips or pointers from the podcast and being able to apply them right away into someone's lives. I, I, that's really important to me when someone listens to the podcast, that they have intangible strategies they can immediately implement.
0: Amazing. Very cool. Now, I know I sent you a list of uh, uh, pre-written questions, but naturally, because of who I am as a person, all these new questions are coming to mind. And one of them that's just sprung to mind in your, you talking about success, um, I have asked this to some of my Instagram followers. I did a podcast episode on it.
1: But what is your definition of success I think it summarizes and goes into one word honestly and that's the freedom to do what you want to do
0: Hmm. what you
1: desire to do living out your full purpose but ultimately all of the answers I can say will boil down to having that freedom
0: Mm -hmm. yeah freedom specifically to achieve uh your goals and follow your passions follow your heart
1: yeah. Uh live out your true purpose. If that's to be with your kids and homeschool them, if that's to be able to pick up you know, as if you have a family, pick up your kids mm-hmm. and have that conversation right when they get out of school. If that's to be able to cook more and or yeah, anything that you have the a real purpose of supporting other people, I think is where we find our highest purpose in some capacity. Yeah, I love that. Okay, great. So now we've had a bit of an
0: introduction. Now to get a bit more into the Myers-Briggs related questions, which I know is the reason why a lot of you have clicked on this episode. <laughs> so how did you discover Myers-Briggs, Alison?
1: The first time I was around Myers-Briggs, I, it was at work-study in college and I was offered a position in the learning center for tutoring math, or I actually, strangely, really love math. Wow. <laughs> maybe with the systems or the structure. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me, and you had to have a certain GPA to be able to have that mm-hmm. job, and you had to keep the keep that certain certain grades, and it was one of the best paying jobs on campus, and I, I really loved working there. And they made us get into personal development. We actually had to take the MBTI type and that was when I was 19, and we also had to take the Enneagram test, and then both of those results, we had to like break off into small groups. Ironically, I was by myself Aww. in both. <laughs> no other. I was the <laughs> only one. Gosh. Uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, actually, the first time I took it, I got ESTJ, and then the second time I took it, and from then on, I got ENTJ. mm So I, because the more I reflected on it, I was the only ESTJ in the office. I was still by myself at the table, Mm -hmm. but the more I reflected on it, I'm not as much of a rule follower or, or enforcing the rules, I guess, for other people, Mm -hmm. as I find that some ENTJs I know, ESTJs that I've known, it's a little bit more important to them. Yeah. And it's a little bit less common for them to have. I'm more uh, outside the box, are visionary inspired kind of ideas and I I don't necessarily fit into a box or it's it's difficult for me to follow all the rules offside. Yeah. <laughs> and not like question them or think I need to make up some of my own. Mhm.
0: So in terms of your type journey, it was very uh you got ESTJ on the test, and you started to get ENTJ, but it was a personal discernment thereafter, having known. Like, did you dive into the cognitive functions? At what point did you do that? Has that been a big part of your
1: type journey? It has recently, the more I've gotten into it, you know, watching your channel. Mm -hmm. And there's another, uh, I was on Type Talks. She interviewed me in an ENTJ panel, listening to Joyce's channel. And I think it was another one. Frank James is also a really great one. Uh, I, of course, prefer lean into the female channels. Mm. I love supporting more female-owned businesses. And I'm learning about the type functions or the cognitive stacks and functions from from y'all, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, lovely. I didn't know much about all those details before.
0: Oh, Fantastic. And then when you leaned into the functions or started to study the functions, did that confirm further for you that you were an ENTJ? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. So everything started to make sense
0: more for mm. me. Was that a personal discernment or did you involve other people in that conversation?
1: I've involved my, or oh, we were going to talk about that later, uh, my mom and, and brother <laughs> <laughs> Dad, and uh, especially on some of the more funnier topics, where there's articles saying who I remember I I asked them, who do you think is the MBTI type that has the most psychopaths? Oh wow! And they were like yours. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Oh no! Goodness really? Me. Wow. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, they're like, well, you're one of them, and I was like, wow. Okay. Okay, we see the the stereotypes of ENTJs. Mm. Okay. So have I don't you take found... it personally.
0: Oh no! Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that.
1: So how have you
0: found Myers Briggs to be a helpful tool for you?
1: I think it's given me a lot of compassion for my own idiosyncratic ways that I think are there's a lot of inner dialogue or thinking that's probably very rare or different I uh, it's difficult to explain that well if I express my ideas to a lot of different types they may think wow that's like really harsh or I can't believe you would think like that or that's cold or that's just too goal-oriented or you know I've heard all of those things before which is Mm. more of the answer to another question about the stereotypes. And I think it's been giving me a lot of compassion for Mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. And understanding uh, more self-acceptance, self-awareness.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I definitely, because one of my really, really good friends and current housemate is an ENTJ who's
1: featured on the podcast
0: a number of times.
1: I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. I listened to it for like three days. Every time I was on the treadmill, I was like, I am going to listen to all of this. And I was like, yes. I was laughing out loud. And I was like, yes, yes. To so many things. You were relating.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think, I think my housemate discovering her Myers-Briggs type was a huge, uh, catalyst for her really stepping into her personality and not being so ashamed of those more, I guess, goal oriented facets of her personality and you know steamrolling over people and you know those I'm kidding sorry Marie if you're listening
1: <laughs> yeah my my daughter would probably say that yeah. she's like mom please don't don't talk to them just just don't say anything I'm like no I have to I have to. it's happening <laughs> that's so funny oh, just that's so true. crawl under the table if you need to but it's happening right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so
0: how do you feel that ENTJs are misunderstood? Good segue.
1: Yes, I I did want to say too. I think I forgot to say on the previous one, mm-hmm. finding communities of other ENTJ women specifically has really given me a lot more it feeling of less isolation mm. or less isolated with yeah within communities. It's been integral for me. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. That's
0: I think a great thing about having knowing your personality type. I mean, I, I personally haven't leaned into it a lot because I don't tend to search for communities in the same way that a lot of people would. Because I'm just like kind of out there. I can find. I just. Oh, I just see. I just search for people I can party <laughs> with. Not to be too stereotypical there, but it's somewhat true. But I'm. I don't think ESFPs are the types to be online, you know, searching for their fellow ESFPs because they feel so misunderstood I think in many ways the world as we know it is quite catered to like like looks favorably on an ESFP personality so I haven't felt super misunderstood actually when I go online that's what I feel misunderstood because suddenly there's all these N types being like sensors and ESFPs are this 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 and I'm like hey you stop it you stop it right now.
1: <laughs> so, those yeah. ESFPs, huh? I don't know many of those actually. <laughs> really, you don't know many many ESFPs? <laughs> I I'm not sure I've ever met one in in the flesh. Wow. No no not ESFPs sorry ISFPs. Oh ISFPs very. Right. Yeah yeah ISFPs very rare ones. I know you and my mother-in-law, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're And I think one bold. of my best friends is Oh yeah, I know. I know uh, probably a lot of ESFPs. Yeah. I'm not sure I've ever met an ISFP.
0: Yeah, they tend to sort of just kind of float by undetected, under the radar.
1: <laughs> yes, and the INFP men in the past when I was dating seemed to be attracted to me. But as soon as I found out sometimes that they were, I was like, oh, no, I don't think you can handle handle everything I'm bringing to the table. But oh, that's a side me. note.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness me. Did that yeah. manifest in those in those relationships? Did that play out?
1: Usually there was, it, it would just be a few texts, you know, if it was online dating, because they would get scared, you know, or terrified. <laughs> they honestly told me I'm terrified of you I I can't meet you in person I'm terrified yeah I was like okay like intimidated like that's cool to know before I spent any more time on this that's cool was it maybe because you had a particularly blunt way of speaking perhaps or they felt I was success driven and Um, they were maybe worried that I was more successful than them they found that to be intimidating
0: it's like they send you their poetry and you're like, this is
1: trash. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you spend your time doing this, really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> joke, sorry, INFPs, we love you.
1: That was a joke, that was a joke. Yes, going- I have I have good friends, um, girlfriends, some female friends that are INFPs. I think there's, they're great. You yeah. know, there's a good, good place for them in the world. Absolutely. But to answer your question about... Um, how we're misunderstood, yeah. And I, I think I don't even know where to start because it's Aww. almost about everything. Aww. Feels like, That's sad. <laughs> and I think uh, I mean it's a count, it's countless. I was also talking to my daughter about this, and it's been countless amounts of time to be called the B word, mean, oh. cruel, you know, heartless. I, I don't know what else, uh, unemotional, mm. but I. I think, like you were saying, maybe a more blunt way of communicating, I've, in some of my own personal development, I've learned when it's just not worth it, maybe, to say something, mm-hmm. when you know, I'm not going to change this person's worldview or, or point of view about this topic, and I'm going to let them have it, like, mm. keep it, that's awesome. I've learned to win, to have that, more of that internal dialogue and step back, even if, Because my inclination is to step forward and say, wait, well, have you thought about this? Or really, do you really think that? Or why do you think that? When sometimes it needs to be left alone. They need to be able to believe what they believe. And uh, we both continue on our way.
0: Yeah. When you were in that stage of your life where you maybe hadn't learned how to implement that step back uh, mentality, I guess, And you were sort of stepping in or, you know, however you with the words that you used in terms of, you know, oh, hang on, you know, maybe being a bit more blunt. um, Were you aware that would you were you aware that it wasn't being received well by people at that time? Um, Because I literally was talking to someone the other day and they were saying, like, I don't understand how TE doms can't sense that they are stepping on people's toes. I was like. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's it's the same reason that we probably can't turn off the fundamental things that come with our dominant function, you know?
1: I think I didn't realize it until they were offended. Right, okay. Yeah. And even then, sometimes I thought, why are you offended? Yeah. This is the truth. Well, because probably this, from this your... This is your
0: reality. Yeah, and probably from your mm-hmm. perspective, it was like, well, everyone would be fine with having conversations, like, things pointed out to them that are this obvious to me. And, like, I'm not taking it personally, so, like, why should they? Yes. Like, I'm just helping them.
1: And the more calm you are, and why are you, and if you ask, obviously, somebody, I'm not sure why you're so upset right now, Mm. that probably makes them more upset. Yeah. Yep. Yep. are more emotional. And then you're thinking, how did I get here? What's <laughs> happening right now? <laughs> oh my
0: gosh, that is so relatable, like on the other end of the spectrum for me. Yes. <laughs> like that oh, moment. Oh really? Yeah, with, yeah, 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 that moment. With your fiancé? Oh no, not 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 with my fiancé, God bless him. Although oh. there, there have been, um, in the early days, there was definitely some learning to be done in terms of me sort of teaching him some of the language to use when he needed to convey Mm -hmm. a certain message or whatever. But generally speaking, Myers-Briggs has really helped me to actually just extend grace to him in those moments and allow him to, and like not take those things personally. And that comes with like trust, right? When you trust that someone loves you and has good intentions, you are way less likely to take things personally. Um, But you know, I have experience of being the emotional one in those situations with other people in my life. And suddenly the emotional switch flicks within you and you find yourself getting emotional. And then sometimes you can read on the other person's face that they have that exact moment of like, what just happened? How did I get here? (laughs) Why is this person suddenly emotional? And then you as the emotional person, you're like, Oh, no, I've made them uncomfortable. I need to tone down the emotion. And then you're just suppressing it, and it comes out in passive-aggressive ways, and it can lead to a whole bunch of... Oh, just, yes. It can just
1: get messy. Yes, my mom is an ISFJ, and, and yeah, there can be some... Are you upset right now? Are you are you bothered by this? Is is this... I have to actually ask her, because of all the passive-aggressive comments that start yeah, coming. Yeah, like you say, yeah. and, and, and obviously her answer is usually, oh, I'm so good. Oh, I'm so good. Actually, oh, my God. Yes, I'm so good. You're like, <laughs> oh, you doesn't seem like you're good. It seems mm-hmm. like you're feeling anxious or upset right now. Yeah. What's going on?
0: Because it's like this constant battle of you don't want to burden the other person slash inconvenience them slash put it on them or project your feeling onto them. You don't want to make the other person feel bad. And then you kind of believe, oh, maybe I can handle this by myself. But then it takes the self-awareness for the feeler to be like, well, no, I know that this is going to come out in passive. And this is this is what I've had to learn with my fiance as well. Like, I know it's going to come out in passive aggressive ways unless I actually say what's bothering me right now. And he has encouraged me multiple times. It's taken multiple times of him saying, I really like it when you tell me how you're feeling about something as soon as you know, because like we can work through it together. And for me to actually trust that and learn that and be like, yeah. And that's that's in our best interests in the relationship, because I can't otherwise it like those emotions when suppressed, they come out in really unpredictable ways, no matter how much self-awareness you have, it can just come out in really passive aggressive ways. And it's like, well, you kind of got to get on top of that by just being real and honest. And this is where Lies Briggs really helps in getting to know each other's natural modes, and having trust to the other person, like no, they actually mean it when they say, "Tell me if you're upset. I'm open to hearing it. Let's have a discussion." <laughs> and it's okay to not feel bad about sharing your emotions. Sometimes it's necessary.
1: Yes, and I do that within safe or trusting within my inner circle, or I would call it even my fortress. Yeah, I do that with the people inside my haven or fortress yeah Um, extremely I aim to be extremely open with my emotions
0: yeah and I imagine for you it would be like I've certainly noticed this with the TE doms in my life they do really only share the vulnerability or the feelings with like that really close circle it's a it's a big deal to reach that point in your relationship when you get a TE doms trust for them to share those feelings it's not something that I think um they can do willy nilly with so many people in the same way that like e f p s can because I can share with someone i 've just met <laughs> it 's very easy for me to do
1: yeah my mother in law too mm. yeah it's it 's definitely not uh i 'm more stoic i guess or they think i am but but honestly i'm i 'm probably not all the time with when I can lean into that yeah
0: amazing mm-hmm. well that 's probably a um that 's probably a good segue to the next question unless you had any more further thoughts there.
1: I did, I did want to say that I think I aim to... I, I get misunderstood, baby, for it seeming mean when I have aimed to seek the truth mm. and want to do things extremely effectively. Yeah. And I like, you know, a lot of talking about money, too, or a lot of money flowing in. <laughs> and I think that can be... Mm, misconstrued as oh they'll do anything at any means to get that you know power or or money when it I am solely most of the time thinking how can we get to A to Z faster and better Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and make more money doing it absolutely and
0: for those listening at home take a shot for every time you hear the word money and power (laughs) in this podcast (laughs) grow up to five or six times for money
1: <laughs> that's pretty if you funny. don't know it's important to me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no that's so, that's
0: so interesting Um, and yeah I feel for you because I do feel like people can read TE doms um, as being mean and and T- ENTJs INTJs feel this I feel like yeah. they just try to seek the truth and like speak up to find the truth and question very fairly questionable things and people perceive them as being mean or, yeah, steamrolling or... Yeah. Yeah. Heartless. 100%, exactly.
1: Yes, my husband and I relate on that a lot and and have a camaraderie within that. Uh, I I also think for an ENTJ woman, I was going to say too, I've been deemed as maybe less feminine for some of my qualities Mm -hmm. and even to some women saying I think you're leaning too far into your masculinity because you are so goal-oriented and I Mm. really think that that's not necessarily the full truth and that's a misconceptions that ENTJ women are only workaholics or only always talk about goals because a, a huge priority for me is being really nurturing to my inner circle and And I'm extraordinarily protective and fierce when it comes to my loved ones. But again, not everyone gets to see that side of me.
0: 100%. Absolutely. Mm. I have long thought about Marie, my housemate, that she is one of the most feminine women that I know. And she often is misunderstood because of those same sorts of things. But there is nothing... um, yeah like it's it's so funny that we put these we put this vice category on certain on certain qualities when a female has them versus when a male has them. It's very very interesting. Like you shouldn't be this way because you are a woman. That is therefore not feminine. But there are many ways to be a leader as a female. Many 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 ways and many ways to be nurturing, many ways to be feminine. But that's a whole other conversation for another podcast. I feel. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, And I've asked, I've asked my husband too, it, how he feels about it. In, early in our relationship, he's like, "You're the most feminine person I think I've ever known." 100%. Oh, yeah. Okay. My
0: housemate Marie, she has such softness, such softness to her. And I remember when I went through a particular breakup um, a few years ago. I went into her bedroom every morning crying and she would just hug me and she would speak so gently to me. Aww. Very very nurturing. That's the whole uh, we'll get more into that I suppose when we get to the stereotype question. You mentioned your husband, what type is he out of interest? INTJ. INTJ. Yeah, hey, there we go. INTJ, <laughs> INTJ match.
1: Yeah. There we go. Do you do you how do you find that It's been Only a, what you're willing to
0: share, of course. Yeah,
1: so everything. It's been incredible. It's been a, a lot of self, more self awareness because sometimes, like we were talking about, when I tend to step forward, he tends to pull back. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and sometimes I encourage him to, or uh, inspire, as is this a better word. He inspires me to take more of a pause sometimes and analyze choices, big decisions that I might have to make a little bit more. And I inspire him to dream bigger and realize and materialize a lot of his ideas and step forward Mm -hmm. and maybe not contemplate it for five or ten years maybe we can do it we can do it next month right Mm -hmm.
0: amazing oh that's fantastic okay so we've talked a little bit about you having that inner circle to whom you open up, and because maybe that's your bottom F function, you would struggle to, I guess, spend more time in it as a FI DOM or someone such as myself who is very happy to open up in common spaces. Obviously, that's because I am an SE DOM FI orcs. Um, in terms of your cognitive functions, you've mentioned that you've sort of only come into understanding your functions a little bit more recently. But now that you've sort of studied the functions a little bit, how have you seen the order of your cognitive functions play out in your life? And it's interesting because you've just mentioned, you've just answered a little bit that question with your, the INTJ, ENTJ difference in that you being the TE DOM means that you can actualize, your fear of actualizing plans is way less. You're a bit more brazen with it. You're like, let's make this happen in the real world. I'll let you answer the question. I'm not going to answer it for you. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, I have actually a story about that, that my husband was laughing some, or we were laughing together so much about because they told him I'm going to burn a thousand calories a day because I, I broke my leg about a year ago and I gained around because I was bedridden and I had to To really lean, that's a whole nother Oprah to talk Mm. about, (laughs) to lean into letting go of a lot of control and trusting him and my daughter to step up. But in that process, I gained about 30 kilos, and I just haven't really been feeling like myself. And I've been on that journey to, not necessarily that it's about the weight, but to feel just more comfortable in my body, and I said, I could do something about this. We have a treadmill. I love walking and listening to audio or watching my favorite show. I'm gonna do this maybe up to three hours a day and I'm gonna figure it out. Okay. And he was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. And then he said an hour later, I was on the treadmill. He's like, oh, you're doing it. Oh, it's <laughs> happening, okay. You mean that wasn't just a thing you wanted to talk about? <laughs> the hypothetical that's a perfect example
0: that yeah absolutely this week you're like I'm making it happen now before I went on this podcast I just went outside to um grab some tea and water in preparation and my my housemate who's like just got some time off work is already just like my ENTJ housemate is already just around the house like proper scrubbing and deep cleaning everything and I'm like you kidding me this is what you're doing with your time off
1: work you're doing more work but yeah I was reading more about uh, through researching for this podcast and I've been super fascinated and interested in the cognitive functions anyways and I think something that comes to mind is the analytics of any kind is extraordinarily fascinating or important to me when it comes to my business for example i want to know the amount of traffic coming to the website is it from the blog is it from our podcast where is it coming from how many about a day how many about a week what is our average there how many followers do we have our network do we have across all platforms All the analytics are where did people buy our best-selling book from? Did it come more from Facebook or Instagram? Uh, The metrics are important. And the exact measurements, I keep spreadsheets about where we spend all of our money and where for tax purposes, for every category, for probably the last 10 years. I like to look... Sometimes I look back at them like, oh my gosh, I spent... 500 on petrol or gas in the U.S. this that year and how did I spend this much this year just even those kind of those kind of things are important to me I'm actually kind of obsessed wow to know (laughs) to know where all the money is going and be prepared for taxes learn more tax strategies because of having my own business it's important to me and I've gotten my husband into it too wow goodness
0: me he's not as
1: interested in it as me goodness me (laughs) I was just thinking
0: as you were talking I was like wow so like all the stuff that I ignore (laughs) 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 I I like very rarely look at my analytics page I know I need to look at it a lot but yeah I've been trying it's like an active effort I have to make to look at the analytics page I do my I always leave my taxes till the last minute I don't make spreadsheets. I'm so glad I'm marrying an ENTJ because he's made this incredibly comprehensive spreadsheet for our wedding planning, which <laughs> I'm using and I'm loving it. And I'm like, this is actually a really good idea. And he's like, yeah, it is. <laughs> when I talk to him about the analytics of my YouTube channel, he like froths it. He loves listening to that kind of thing. I'm and sure. He's so on top, yes. so on top of all the monetary stuff, but it works really well because I'm like, I trust you. You're on top of it. I'll just leave that with you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I asked my mother-in-law about taxes one time, and she's like, oh, like those things you do, like at the last, you know, the on the day that it's due. I was like, yes! oh, yeah,
0: That's okay. Like a, <laughs> special, like a week, like a month after it's due, when you're getting like the emails that say you're going to have to pay a fine if you don't do it. It's like, oh, okay, I'll do it now.
1: Yeah, and yes. I'm I'm more the type, I'm looking at the first day that I can turn it in. Wow. So that's how, that's my goal. I want to turn it in the, that first day so I can get the, if there is a refund, mm. I know the, the result. Yeah. Yeah. Soon, soon me. Sooner. And I there love setting go. up structures. My, are both my daughter and my husband are both INTJs. She's taking the test a lot and I think she's kind of in the middle of INE. and E, but neither one of them are the best at setting up the structure Mm. like for example in our kitchen or even our pantry I'm somewhat obsessive about having everything have a place yeah and I like it to look nice at the same time or aesthetic but that it's easy to open and then you're like okay all of the protein bars we like are right in front of our face and some other things that are more in bulk or behind and Mm -hmm. everything has a purpose of to where it is and if I set up that system my daughter and husband can follow it Mm -hmm. like they like it or they they relish in it but they don't want to be the ones really to do it to set it up yeah Mm -hmm. I so relate to that and that runs smoothly Yeah, it can. It's just like life is more smooth, more easy when it's more
0: effective in that way. 100%. And I love that you seem to have stepped into the fact that you each have your different gifts, because maybe someone who didn't know Myers-Briggs would be like, why am I the one who has to set up all these structures? Why can't you just do it? It's so simple. Just do it. But, you know, I mean, Marie, my ENTJ ENTJ housemate, she knows that I have maybe taken out and uh, and brought in the bins that we're supposed to put in on the street. I've done it maybe once or twice in the whole three years that I live with her. <laughs> she knows that she's usually the one who's going to have to do it. But I have my gifts in other ways of the house. I have the things that I care about and that I contribute to. And she has the things that she is naturally a more like a higher up on her radar. And I try, I try with the bins. Sometimes when I do remember I go out and I see she's already done them and I'm like, Oh man, I can't prove to her that I'm worthy. <laughs> but she's never chastised me for it because she understands that we have different gifts. And it seems like that's something that has been, a mentality that has benefited, benefited you in your family life as well.
1: Yeah, it has. And, and I set up, Deadlines <laughs> too. <It's two. laughs> for for in a way, even for my husband, like okay, by the end of the night before we go to bed, you know, we need to take our night vitamins. We need to drink this uh, this drink that kind of helps you relax. It's natural. I'm really into natural medicine also. Mm-hmm. And the kitchen needs to be cleaned. Uh, the counters have to be wiped. Everything needs to be put away as much as possible in its place. And I can't be the only one who does that. So, like, what do you want to do out of these things? Mm, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. These things have to happen. And if, w- would you like to get my night vitamins for me? Or do you want me to get them to so that we get enough sleep? And then for my daughter, you know, there's certain things that she has to have done every week if she wants to do fun social things with her, with her <laughs> friends or like fun yeah. things yeah. Totally. because she contributes we all we all contribute we're all 100%. A, you know we're all an ecosystem and affecting each other yeah absolutely. in a hopefully a positive way yeah for mm-hmm. sure
0: and obviously di- now the dynamic is different between you know a child and parent versus me with my housemate who is of the same age
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah, but I did need to tell when we when we first moved in together, my INTJ man, that uh, it is really important to pick up things and put them back in their place because I found myself going behind him and spending hours of my day, you know, the little things, mm-hmm. moving them back to where they where they go, and yeah, and I thought, why am I spending all this time doing this when I can just tell him, hey, I would really appreciate it if you picked up after Mm. yourself. (laughs) Yeah. This is something you need to do as a grown man. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I, you know, my, we dove into it more. It's like my mom never really harped on that. It's not really important to my mom. And going to my mother-in-law's house, you know, things are kind of put in a random, there's not as much structure Mm. or order, I guess. And like, she might pick up something from the kitchen and put it in another room and then pick up something from there. And, you know, is it's It still looks organized and everything is flowing and, you know, working. Well, it's a little bit different than having, like, a place for everything. So since he didn't grow up like that, he didn't really see that as something of importance or that that would bother me, I guess. Mm, yeah. And so he he's made an effort to put things, I guess, in the system back into a system. And I've made an effort to let it go sometimes if he doesn't. Like, okay, I guess I will let that thing sit there and I'm just gonna walk by. I'm okay. Amazing. The world's not ending. That's growth, we love to hear it. Yes. <laughs> the world's not ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: how? how what, what about your other cognitive functions? How have you seen them play out in their particular order?
1: For the NI, I think I'm extraordinarily future-focused, and, and the growth part of that is being appreciative and grateful of the present moment.
0: Mm.
1: Yep. Reminding myself of I'm here, I'm present, I am... Even if it's something simple, like, I'm grateful that I was able to buy myself a coffee today. It's lovely. I'm... Instead of thinking, oh, I need to go and start a coffee business. needs <laughs> Not that I want to do that, but is is, it's is a good how your example? Brain
0: works. Oh my gosh, that's funny.
1: That's how my brain works. No way! Like, wow. Okay. And and it's and the growth too of like taking a pause, like I was talking about before before making huge choices, and even communicating that to other people. If I need, because I often, maybe it's an ENTJ thing, it, since I can remember, I have, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound egotistical, but I get trusted very easily by people in leadership positions. So there's opportunities of, we need you on this board seat, for example, which I was on a board for a while recently, and then I resigned, but it's like, oh, we need you on this other board, we need you on this other committee, we have to have you there, and Before I say yes, I start saying yes to everything, or I, yeah, I can do all the things, I can be in all those places, I'll just figure it out, there needs to be time for that pause and reflection on how is this really going to benefit me and manifest what I really want in my goals, or is this going to lead me to more success or more business partnerships, how is this truly going to... I know that I'll be able to give up my time to those people and benefit them. And I have to ask myself that question too. Yeah. Cool. So... And the... Oh, ahead.
0: Sorry. No, I was going to ask. And how about your other functions?
1: Yeah, with my SE, I think, like we were talking about, I'm obsessed with having an organized house. I'm always thinking okay, what room can I clean this weekend? How can I squeeze that in (laughs) and take everything out and put everything back into a better system so things run more smoothly? Uh, I don't know if I'm really a thrill seeker. I read that about S.E. I think that according to some people, maybe, because I've lived in some other countries, I lived in uh, Perth, actually, for almost a year, when I was 19, which is really far from Texas. And I told my parents I'm going to study abroad. I'm going to just do it, and I don't know how. Uh, I'm going to find a college to go to. and, And they're like, why do you have to go to the furthest place on the continent, really? And that's where I wanted to go and met incredible people. I mean, I absolutely love Australia, and I've lived in a few other countries. And some people might refer to that as taking a really big risk if you don't know anybody and I wouldn't necessarily say that that was like for the thrill of it it was something I felt I needed to do strongly yeah it's 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 hard because it's very hard to associate
0: any function with a particular type of behavior because you will find ESFPs and ESTPs who don't like taking risks I for instance I did move across the world to a different country, but I don't, I get terrified of roller coasters. I love the feeling of roller coasters, but I still get terrified of them. So it's not necessarily, SE is not to be associated as necessarily risk taking, thrill seeking, sorry, thrill seeking, more so as it's just the disposition of being more, more comfortable with chaos in the sensory world. So you're not approaching the sensory world in a necessarily regimented things need to be in this particular way, cross-referencing it with the way that you've experienced it before. It's this comfort in the chaos and the, un- like, you don't... So I know it's in- interesting that you're talking about your um, cleaning habits because I find that ENTJs are far more comfortable living in mess and chaos in in their sensory world than ESTJs are, which is a common conception- misconception about... Um, all TE doms, because they're Js, they must want to be neat all the time. Like it doesn't necessarily translate that way. But that's not to say that looking at someone like you who likes a more clean space, that's not to say that you are um, an ESTJ. You gotta look at like all the nuance, like the backstory, the history, the nurture. And I would imagine that even though ENTJs have a higher capacity for physical chaos um, and uncertainty in spontaneity in that realm, they probably can feel more um, mental clarity when they have a physical space. Yes. So it just depends. But it's certainly not thrill-seeking SE in and of itself. I yeah. Think. But because yeah. you're more comfortable in the chaos, you would naturally enjoy, if you're, if you're an SE dom, you would enjoy to seek thrills. You would enjoy thrills, like the uncertainty and the spontaneity of the thrill in a way that an SI dom would not if that makes sense.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Are ESTPs SC DOMs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that that it sounded like you were describing that, are my dad. And <laughs> 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 there we go. I think I'm, I'm good with taking risk if I know that it's going to be for big gains. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Some people might think starting a business is, is super risky, but if there's a possibility of that delayed gratification and bigger wins down the line I will see that as being worth it yeah amazing very cool and the fi one I think I'm still coming into to being comfortable with my own emotions and other people's emotions and it reminded me of a story when I was in college and We were in a group setting and we were about to do a group project and, you know, sometimes... Well, for me, I'm like, let's get the show on the road. Let's get this done. Let's figure out who's doing what and divvy up the responsibilities and figure out how to make an A on this and, and then go about working on it. That was my trade of thought. And I walked into the group project and one of the ladies, or young ladies, was crying and she said, I just don't know if I can focus on this project because someone just passed away that's really close to me and or I forgot what she said a a relative of hers and I just froze I didn't know how to react Hmm. because it was I was 19 I think when or 18 or 19 and I didn't say anything I was like blank face and I felt horrible and I learned so much from that experience because she looked at me with all this pain and, and her crying and Aww. she's like are you really not gonna say anything are you just like heartless or what oh like no. what is wrong with you and I was like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh no. it was difficult to come out of that we just gotta get this done let's go let's go I just don't have time for this.
0: yeah Yeah, that's rough um i'd just like to apologize for the leaf blower that has just started outside my house which i'm almost certain that the listeners can hear hopefully it won't be around for too much longer and hopefully i won't be around for too much longer because i'll be moving when i get (laughs) married to a new place so there won't be any more noise like this apologies (laughs) folks um sorry i don't hear it on my side oh good oh fantastic maybe okay I'm optimistic. No, (laughs) let's be real. They probably can't hear it. This microphone picks up everything. Anyway, sorry about that. So yeah, struggling to maybe when you're a bit younger, understand how to approach other people's emotions and be in touch with your own emotions. How has that progressed over time?
1: I'm in my 40s now, early Mm -hmm. 40s. And I think now I can have internal dialogue and say, okay, just breathe just hold space i need to actually coach myself in a way through that this this person's upset i'm like talking to myself this person seems sad or maybe i need to ask them more maybe i don't know if they're sad or they're frustrated or what actually is going on maybe they'll tell me if i just breathe and yeah and hear for them and listen yeah and amazing that's so self-aware that seems to work.
0: Yeah, fantastic. That's a great technique. OK, I'm just cautious. OK, this is classic. We have been recording for 52 minutes, uh, so we'll probably only go for another 10 or so. So we'll just jump on to the next question, because I do want to get to a few, a few more. How do you feel that you have pushed past the stereotype of the ENTJ? And I'll ask as well, like, what are your general qualms with the stereotype in general?
1: One of the huge ones is not ever taking time for self-care. Ooh, yeah. And We just work all the time and uh, for example in college or in this is my third business I can put something to the side I can compartmentalize and say no I'm going to do that when I finish six hours of work or something like that and I just keep working sometimes and don't do the fun thing and I've learned to schedule the self-care in hey, I need to do this once a week or like a deep conditioner on my hair because my hair feels so great after that mm-hmm. or a face mask. or something that's just for me. And also a, a huge one is learning to let go of some control. That's huge for me. and And something that was advantageous for me to grow in that way was hiring in the hiring process of having a team, And while I'm sure a lot of ENTJs can do it all, and maybe I can't do all the things, but then I wouldn't sleep. Yeah, (laughs) And it's great to learn how to do all the things, but then training a person eventually who, being able to trust them, they do a fantastic job and free up so much time for me. And then inadvertently, I'm able to let go of some control. Fantastic. Is that your, are those your main qualms with the stereotype? Uh, I mean, we touched already on the mean part. Yeah. I think something that people don't realize is, is when you're calling someone mean or cruel, that secretly it might actually really hurt their feelings. And that's something that I never let on probably. Mm-hmm. And I might share in private that, oh, you know, that kind of stung a little bit, you know? Maybe I'm not that upset about it, and it didn't really ruffle my feathers that much, and maybe I had a a quip back, yeah, something witty to say back that everybody thought was funny. I don't know. But after, when I'm reflecting on it, I know my husband can, or he brought that up to me, that I might be able to admit a little bit more vulnerably, hmm, that actually kind of stung. That was kind of uncalled for.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good that you are able to recognize that and verbalize that. Um, yeah, I definitely, I mean, it's so funny that that ENTJs have copped that stereotype. And yes, I am aware that I employ certain stereotypes on my channel for comedy. So I'm always like, <laughs> yeah, it's just the stu- the constant battle of like, stereotype for comedy but then also wanting to convey the nuance but I've been very pleasantly surprised especially with ENTJs I hate to admit but it's just the truth because of the Myers-Briggs online culture that I did buy into a few of those stereotypes but I've been pleasantly surprised to learn that all the ENTJs in my life are some of the most like nurturing gentle when they care about people and Also, just they encourage because they really understand the importance, as you said, it's your whole podcast brand, the importance of giving people freedom to pursue their goals. Generally speaking, they because they live their life, generally speaking, in that way, they're so goal oriented and they want to have the autonomy and the space to be able to pursue those things. They really do just want to grant that to other people and to see each other thrive. And so when... Mm -hmm. When what I've noticed with ENTJs in my life, when they step forward to offer me some criticism or some feedback, it's out of like the most love and care for me because they want to see me thrive. And I feel like marrying an ENTJ, it's so funny because some comments I'll have sometimes like, oh, my gosh, like you're an ESFP. You like freedom. Like, isn't that controlling in some sense? I'm like, absolutely not. I have never felt more free and supported in my goals than I do now being with an ENTJ.
1: And I love it. Wow, that that's the feedback I've received from my significant other. It's like I've never felt so much that's acceptance in space. He uses the word space a lot to pursue his goals because previously he had the experience of why are you not with me all the time, you know? And I'm like, okay. I gotta go to work, yeah. I gotta go do yeah. this thing, you go,
0: yeah. do thing. Like, oh, yeah, go do your thing, Oh me too, one. yes, yeah. I love that, I, I love know. it so much, mm-hmm. that's definitely happened in my relationship as well, like, giving each other the freedom, the space, like, okay, go on, you enjoy, you pursue, and I'll be here when you come back to support you and love you, like, it's that energy, it's so beautiful, I love it, and you know, there are some people who would appreciate the, the other approaches, but I think for me as an ESFP, it's actually funny how like well suited it is to my personality um like being with an ENTJ specifically a virtuous one who like yeah is a good person and wants to see me flourish yes they have your Um, best interest
1: at heart yeah
0: yeah exactly exactly um okay so we'll we'll probably only have time for one more question um this is one that I do like to ask to people uh just to keep a healthy spin on things because it's always good to understand when we talk about Myers-Briggs to take things with a pinch of salt when we talk about stereotypes and the fact that Myers-Briggs is helpful to understand people but not prescriptive of behavior 100% of the time and to always kind of open your mind to the fact that people can um, outgrow and flourish past their stereotypes. So what do you personally find the limitations of the Myers-Briggs tool to be?
1: One of the huge ones was if someone is not fully an I or an E, I've seen, such as with my daughter, it is. I think she relates more with the INTJ, but then she feels like she's a little bit more extroverted. So she's kind of teetering between the I and the E. So maybe if someone is like that on several of the letters, perhaps they wouldn't feel that they fully fit in to one of the 16 types. I don't personally have that. Um, it's pretty, you know, like 98% E, I think, or something. Uh, it, I'm more leaning towards 70% on the other letters or 80%. And, and I also think if someone sees the weaknesses that they have within the MBTI types that, that is described there for them, instead of seeing it as a path for growth, they might see it as, I'm just not good at that. And I think that would be not utilizing. They can utilize it for, I could get better at that. Yeah, I I can grow in that way. It's definitely an area of growth for me. Or that's the way I choose to see it.
0: Yeah, not limiting yourself with the pre-prescribed weaknesses and strengths of the type that are are like um, stipulated online, 100%. Uh, Because, yeah, we obviously have to acknowledge that the I feel like there aren't very clear definitions of the types or functions out there. And so it's always good to to realise that Myers-Briggs cannot take into account, like, nurture, um, other factors like childhood, various trauma, traumatic incidents you might have had, job, the places you've lived. There's so many different factors that contribute to someone's personality and their behaviour, so... Yeah, always good to take it with a pinch of salt. Were there any other thoughts
1: that you had about that? Or thoughts in general? Uh, thoughts in general that came up is you were mentioning about the chaos part, and I actually grew up with a lot of chaos outside uh, in a more dangerous neighborhood uh, with, like, gangs, you know, and shootings and a lot of robberies or prostitution, like some really chaotic to put it nicely things that I saw as a young kid and growing up in that way and then in my house there was some addiction and and also chaos and not a lot of order or direction and or or like it important kind of what I consider important conversations we didn't really talk about those kind of things Mm -hmm. and I will say that that is part of wanting to kind of make more structure in the chaos that I wasn't necessarily always uncomfortable with that or always uncomfortable outside in that environment either so that was that was interesting that you brought that up yeah I wanted to get I wanted to get my parents out of that environment mm. and into a safer area somehow some way and we did uh, when I was a later teen or in my late teens uh through a lot of convincing but I I don't know if I was so uncomfortable by it or wanted to, you know, change everything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. In the way that to make the structure or the order I tried to make the best of it and I'm not ashamed necessarily for where I came from. I think it showed me a lot of things about life or wisdom or self awareness when mm-hmm. I reflect on it.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good example of what I was trying to say about, you know, you never know someone's backstory. And so it's hard to to take behavior, just behavior and decide who's what function someone is using as a result of that. Um, But yeah. okay. so um, where can people find you? Where can people find the Empire
1: Life Project? Uh, So it's EmpireLifeAcademy.com. And then on Instagram, it's Allison, R-M-S-Y, or Empire Life Academy. And we're on Pinterest, Cora with with my name, Facebook group, Empire Life, Empire Life Podcast. There's a blog on our website, too. And lots of articles about tips and, and tricks to become more successful that you can apply to your life. Fantastic. Well, thank you so
0: much for coming on the podcast, Alison. It was a pleasure to have you. And thank you for being so open about your experience being an ENTJ and your life in general. It was a very enlightening conversation. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Pod, guys. Please make sure to jump down into the show notes to find the links to all of Alison's social for the Empire Life Project. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel if you haven't already for some reason. My YouTube name is Dear Kristen with an I-N, not an E-N. That's very important to me. You can also find me under dear.kristen on Instagram and you can find PDFs for various projects that I have, including my type trend analysis, as well as my how to make each type feel loved videos, of which I've only done two at this point, but there will be more. Trust me. As usual, please give this podcast a rating. I always really appreciate it when you do. Thank you to those people who have let me know in my Instagram DMs, on the Patreon or on the podcast platforms whether it's leaving a comment or messaging me directly, what you think about the podcast and what you get out of it, that really gives me life and inspires me to create more episodes for this podcast, which is what we all want, right, guys? If you have anything in particular that you'd like to talk about, whether it be your personality type, Myers-Briggs psychology personal development or whatever it is please feel free to email me at dear.kristen.mail at gmail.com I'd love to hear from you please do share this episode with a friend if you got something out of it if you'd like to leave a comment on this episode please go to the youtube channel for my podcast which is just literally no subtext on youtube I think that's all for what I need to plug thanks as always for your enthusiasm guys and I'll catch you later bye